Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I got the stats here, okay? I got the stats. So this is from KFYO. Are you familiar with them? No. They're uh, a radio station. Okay. 95.1, their website. Okay. So in 2015, Mm -hmm. they had the third worst snowstorm in the city's history with a total accumulation of 11.2 inches. Mm -hmm. Less than a foot. Mm -hmm. It marks the most snowfall since 83 when there was 16.9 inches. Okay. Which is the record. That's our record? Yep. 83. Yep. Ugh. The second biggest snowfall was recorded in 1961, mm-hmm. 12.1 inches. Yeah, it wasn't around then. So this four feet of snow that you mm. remember. Felt like four feet. Yeah. Doesn't look like it happened. Mm. Felt like it. Still a lot of snow for West Texas. <laughs> Six feet of snow. You wouldn't be here, and, man. And, and had to walk in that to get to school oh, backwards. Right. Yeah, with no shoes, nor socks. Mm-hmm. We have a caller who knows everything about everything. His name is Sean in Tennessee. <laughs> and he wants to chime in on Lubbock Snow on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Jill. What's up, man? Fine. How are you going to say such crazy mess? No one I'm listening. <laughs> it's a good question. It's insulting to Sean and his knowledge. You know I'm here. You know I'm on the call. Proceed. And last I checked, yes. Geo's right. 16.9 inch. Well, in Lubbock, Texas, that feels like six feet. Okay, I live in Lynchburg. We had 11 inch. It still was 11 inches. seriously and if they get it all the time they should know how to deal with it you know how to deal with it you just said it felt like that in Lubbock because what it's rare that that happens or it happens frequently I don't understand that point it happens frequently okay so then why did 11 inches feel like 6 feet because it felt like 6 feet Oh, <laughs> don't be a lawyer, <laughs> please. Whatever you do after the show ends, don't go into litigation of any sort. Yeah, don't do that I'm either. Meteorologist, you scare the hell it's out of everybody. It's gonna be twelve inches, but it's gonna feel like fifty. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else is going on, Sean? Anything good? Oh, uh, leaving work. Okay. There you go. Enjoying watching my Titans lose. Yeah, mm. what the hell happened to that? Yeah, huh? they played bad. Just gross. No, bad doesn't cover. <laughs> why Why is that offense so bad, Sean? It was as if they were playing at six feet of snow. I don't get it. No, 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 no. That was Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, mm. Why is that offense so bad, Sean? I'm thinking Mariota is not the answer. Yeah, I mean. Really? Mm. He has not played well. Him and Jameis Winston came into this year. There's, like, big years for them being the third and guys take big steps in that year and 
I have not seen it from either one of them. Now, Winston's been hurt, and Marcus Mariota has has not been as hurt. He had that hamstring issue and came back and played well. He actually won his best throwing games. The game, his first game back after the hamstring, he didn't run around a lot. He just sat there in the yeah. pocket and made quick decisions. So, I they should be so much better than they are. And they got weapons, too, man. Yeah, they, I love, they do now. I love that Corey Davis. He hasn't done anything. Rashard Matthews has been here or there. Delaney and Delaney. Walker. Yeah, he was one of those guys who reached out to that kid who was bullied. I mean, was there not a more 2017 story than that? Yeah. So first you get the the bullying aspect of it, and it goes everywhere, and everybody <laughs> wants to help this yeah. kid out. Yeah. This Keaton Jones, was it? Keaton Jones. Keaton yeah. Jones, yeah. So Keaton Jones, he gets bullied at school. There's a video. It goes viral. There's singers and actresses and everybody. MMA fighters, football players, uh, yeah, Delaney player. Walker actually was one of those guys yeah. who, hey, why don't you come to the game? And then, of course, people search online, find out that his mother <laughs> has got all sorts of Confederate flag stuff and slamming NFL players, and there's just some imagery there that mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't exactly yeah, the, the alt-right can take care of her yeah and, there you and go. she's posted something too about you know unless you've got a bone sticking out of your body don't cry so that didn't really look and she's so, crying and begging for money the mma fighters said he just got off the phone with it and all she wanted was money which is unfortunate because this poor kid still went through all that you know yeah. and that's gonna get lost yeah. in this is is the fact that that I mean he shouldn't get any of the shrapnel from his mother. He shouldn't get any feel any of that. That's their yeah, own issue. Well, hopefully she's not raising him to be a bigot like she is. Yeah, I but, hope not. You know, Lithuania and Latvia are they border each other? Yep. You think the Latvians like the Lithuanians? Why wouldn't they? I mean, they all used to be one with the Soviet Union, why but wouldn't why wouldn't they? they? Don't why hate on each other. They? They're both free. They're independent countries. Go live your life. Yeah, but you I've know never how. heard this before. <laughs> you know how it goes, though, <laughs> with bordering places. I mean, you, you know, you're not always friends with your neighbor, right? They should build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, to my point, you know, yeah. it's not always the <laughs> most harmonious relationship. Oh, okay. Text. Uh, we, we, yeah, we got to ask that boy. Just there. text him if they like the Lithuanians. Yeah. You don't have to call them up or anything. Yeah. But we have a couple of contacts mm-hmm. in Latvia. We've got Edzus, and we've got Giannis. They love us. We're big over there. Huge. The other guy. Who's the other Who's guy? Who's the other one? Well, Giannis is the manager. Right. Edzus is the guest we have on but all we the never, time. But we don't know that other. We never right. talked to well, that other Yeah, guy. there's him. From Translateris, the uh, Kumpalis guy. Yeah, the Kumpalis. Where so shop, Gherkins and Partneries, and Kumpalis. Yeah, he's sort of a friend, yeah. too, but we've never spoken to him. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> because... That's what he sounds like. And, and, and we were discussing the things uh, to do in Lithuania. Lock, and, low, no, Lithuania, oh, okay. because that's where the balls are going to be. And apparently this larger uh, town, Kanas, uh, there's a devil museum. Is there? They have three thousand over 3,000 pieces, works of art, uh, depicting the devil. <laughs> Her and people, people come from all around with their version of the devil. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Herm Everts. Is, he would is, hate that place. Yeah. He's not going to Lithuania. No, no, he's not going. Oh, devil museum now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see what's going on here. So maybe they do hate them in Latvia. Say no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worshiping the devil. <laughs> and, and maybe Carson Wentz can go there and get his, his ACL fixed. <laughs> no? <laughs> Lithuania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
man. And I'll be coaching football, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to no, no devil museum. <laughs> when I ain't preaching. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of y'all want to go in the offseason, go over to Lithuania to the devil's museum. <laughs> Check out Lucifer. <laughs> I met a guy the other day, first name Lou, last name Sifer. I said, hell no. <laughs> so How do you get that name? I said, Mr. Mr. Sifer, I ain't fall. I ain't falling for your crap. Uh-uh. I'm a Catholic now. I'll be over in Latvia and mm-hmm. Sasis. Only one person can turn my ACL. Going to the Kootleries and the San Perkleries. That's where I'm going to be. I ain't going to no mm-hmm. Lithuanian Devil Museum. I'm gonna go see the Devil's Bo- Digest, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can go see the Black Swan. That's what you're going to do. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's what you do. That's what you do. It's going to be hot there. Just remember that. <laughs> it's cold this time of year. Better bring your own trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Tank top, something. I thought it was hot where the devil lived. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's cold there. It's cold where? In Lithuania. Yeah, but the devil's there. It's going to be the hot. the Baltic Sea, man. Yeah, I'm just telling you it's going to be hot. Mm, okay. The devil's there. Hell, you know how it works. Flames. <laughs> I'm Catholic now. I'm a Christian. Watch out them devils. Watch out. Oh, God. Yeah. So, um, the Cowboys. <laughs> How are you going to make a transition from Devils to my Cowboys? Come I on. don't know, because I ran wrong. out of stuff to say there. Uh, and we wanted wrong. to bring up the Cowboys. That is just me. Yeah, because I proclaimed yesterday that they wouldn't make the playoffs, or they still have a chance to make the playoffs, and, and it's not one of those uh, mathematical opportunities. They just need to win out, and then some other things need to fall in place, like the Packers need to lose a ball game, the Lions need to lose a ball game. I don't understand why the Lions need to lose, but they do. Uh, But the Packers, of course, they have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys, having defeated them earlier this year. And Cowboys just went out, and then you have to sit back and and watch your fate be handled by others. What are the chances that that's going to happen? Good chances! No, it isn't. Very good, yeah! Why is it? The Packers, they have to play your Vikings again, so they could lose there. They have to play the Panthers this week. They could lose that one. And then the, the Lions have to play the Packers, in Green Bay, they could lose that one. Mm-hmm. Good chance. What do you mean? Mm. I'm going to punch this computer. Punch it! I've had it. Uh, I can't. Because there's Smack an it. article here that's well, got the whole odds. That's what you get. Of what? There we go. For it's amazing. the devil. If, <laughs> that's right now. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. You're talking all that devil talk. Yeah, talk about that devil museum yeah, in Lithuania. Next thing you know, the happened? internet don't work. <laughs> I'm Catholic now. I'm a Christian. That's a, that hey, 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 no coincidence. <laughs> You speaking in tongues? Uh, that's right. <laughs> you gonna bring up that devil museum in Lithuania, and then you try to log on to the internet, and then oh, oh ain't gonna work. I'm telling you, man, you put two and two together. That's what I do. Who stopped your internet? The devil. Oh, Devils. Oh, the devil stopped. Yeah, okay. yeah, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. I said, Mister Sifer. All right. So, sit one game out of the sixth and final playoff spot. Here are the scenarios. Mm-hmm. Dallas must win out. A head-to-head victory over Seattle would give Dallas the tiebreaker advantage over the Seahawks. Green Bay must lose at least one of its final three games at Carolina, home versus Minnesota, at Detroit. That's what I said. And then Detroit has to lose at least one of its final three games. So, I don't understand why Detroit needs to lose. That's not that hard, actually. I just told you that! Okay, you got me. Didn't I just say that? Okay. The devil's in you, coach. I guess so. I just told you. It's not that hard. The Packers could lose to Carolina this weekend. Then the Lions have to go to Lambeau Field. They could lose there at the end of the year. I just told you that. And now the Falcons need to lose and Carolina need to lose. They're going to play each other, right? So one of them going to lose. 
But the Cowboys, you have to win out. Okay? Are you listening? Win out. Yeah. And you get Zeke back for the Seattle game. How about that? Watch your knees, though. How's that going to work? How come Atlanta's not involved in this, though? Atlanta has to lose, I believe. At least one more. And they play Carolina. Okay, so yep. basically, I got it. Mm-hmm. You got it now? It's really not, yeah. You yeah win, win all your, just win all your games. Just win all your, and Atlanta has to go to New Orleans. Do you think that's going to be an easy game when they go back to New Orleans? Mm-mm. They hate the Falcons. Wasn't aware of that until I played for the Saints. They can't stand the Falcons. And vice versa, Falcons don't like the Saints. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who knew? Y'all didn't know that. Nobody knew, Coach. Yeah. Nobody knew that. That was a rivalry. Hot like the devil. <laughs> I love how this mm-hmm. segment has just been now turned into straight Herm Edwards talk. <laughs> That's right. That's what happens. When they get all up in you, that Holy Ghost, you start talking like me. When you hear yeah. this, that's just me hitting return a million times. What is up? Because somehow that makes the, the internet page work. Man. Did it work? Yeah, there it is. Look <laughs> at that. Amazing. <laughs> so that's all you do. Anybody's listening out in the newsroom, mm-hmm. if you need the page to work, just hit return a thousand times. Or get a surface. Somehow. No issues whatsoever. No devil in my surface. So you might have half a million dollars that was lost. How about that? Because of some damn snow. Yep. So Adam Vinatieri mm. has a $500,000 incentive. Yep. He needs to hit at least 90% of his field goals this season to get it. Yep. And he was at 95-something? 95.7 before the Buffalo game. He's he missed now, two in that game. He's now at 88. Oh! Ooh. You bastard. That's the devil. Yeah. So that's going to be... The I devil mean, comes in all forms. He's still got snow. time. He's still got time. Yeah, but he has hit about five straight, right? That's yeah, not crazy. The last three games, he's been averaging about two a game. So, yeah. Now, how many are at home? Do we know? Let's he's, look it up. I'm going to look it up. See, I'm at home. I'm yeah, don't you up. get the clanking over there, man. I got this. I got this. I got – hold on. Just hold on. Okay. They get the Broncos. Where? Thursday. Because that's right. We, we said it's going to be a riveting matchup. Where? At home. Okay. Then they go to the Ravens. Mm. Then the last one at home versus the Texans. Okay, so he's got a good shot. He's got a good shot. Man, that would stink Get that for him. man his money. That would stink for Half him, a huh? Million, uh, they should give it to him anyway. Watch him not kick field goals. Watch him opt to go for it on all fourth downs now the rest of the way. Just <laughs> they, That's why they kept sending him out there. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know how much money we can save? Yeah. You know how many pills I can put in that paper bag? He doesn't get this incentive. Speaking of pills... Oh, these are good kind, old folks. Here's the deal. Relief Factor is not just for former or present athletes. Not at all. It's for anyone struggling with pain. Yes, athletes, but also, yes, for anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, hand pain, or general muscle aches and pain. You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Relief Factor a try. I can't guarantee it'll work, but here's a tip. Almost 80% of people who ordered a three-week quick start for only $19.95, they go on to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if you can use Relief Factor. I use it, and it works, and it's going to work for you as well. And it's 100% drug-free. Did I say that? It's 100% drug-free. Honestly, if lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, then you must not be in too much pain. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com or call them, 800-500-8384. This is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio.
Bogish, Bogish, Bogish. He's going to do an update right now. Call me what you want, George. The Miami Dolphins <laughs> hadn't fared well in primetime this season, most notably a 40 nothing shaming in Baltimore on a Thursday night last month. So a 27-20 Monday night shocker over the Patriots felt good, said running back Kenyon Drake on our Pharrell on the bench. You asked me about our organization. We went to bed. Um, on every national stage game. So it was really a redemption game. Drake ran for 114 yards, added 79 receiving. Jarvis Landry caught two of Jay Cutler's three touchdown passes, and Xavier Howard picked off Tom Brady twice. The Patriots held to under 250 yards of offense, went 0 for 11 on third down. The first time they didn't have a third down conversion in the game since 1991. Their eight-game overall winning streak and their 14-game road winning streak are over. They have to wait at least one more week to clinch the AFC East. And now the Steelers have a one-game lead atop the conference ahead of their Sunday meeting in Pittsburgh. No suspensions, maybe fines expected for the Seahawks involved in the altercations at the end of Sunday's loss in Jacksonville. And Eagles QB Carson Wentz officially done for the year with a torn ACL. The Houston Rocket win streak is now 10. Fans anticipating something fun here. Horn for three. It's in the air and it is good! Five in a row for the Beard! 124-119 Houston. Craig Ackerman on Rockets Radio. James Harden scored 12 straight Houston points in the final minutes to close out the Pelicans. 130-123. Harden finishing with 26 points and a career-high tying 17 assists. The Warriors got by the Blazers, 111-104. The Clippers beat the Raptors, 96-91. The Hornets, a 116-103 win in OKC. And the Celtics took their worst loss of the season in Chicago, 108-85. Head coach Brad Stevens. Sometimes you get your butt kicked. I mean, that was simple as that. Uh, Chicago dictated the whole game. They played harder than we did. They played with more presence than we did. Played more competitive than we did. You know, they played with more you know, authority than we did. You're not going to win very many games when you play like that. Kyrie Irving did not play because of a bruised thigh. The Bulls got 24 points from Nico Miritich and 23 from Bobby Portis. QB Shea Patterson transferring from Ole Miss to Michigan. And SMU has hired Sonny Dykes as its new football coach. He was an offensive analyst at TCU this season after Cal fired him in January after four years. Major League Baseball umpire Dale Scott is retiring over concussion issues. He missed most of last season after suffering his second concussion in nine months and fourth in five years. And from the NHL, the Jets stumped the Canucks 5-1. The Capitals' four-game winning streak ended 3-1 at the Islanders, and the Stars snapped their three-game skid 2-1 in a shootout over the Rangers. Boys? All right, thanks, Bogus. Joining us right now, Phil Savage, Senior Bowl Executive Director, Crimson Tide Color Analyst, former NFL GM, and also an author of Fourth and Goal Every Day, Alabama's Relentless Pursuit of Perfection. Phil, good morning. Thanks for joining us, as always. How are you? Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, we are. We are doing very well. Uh, so this is an important time of year for you right about now. This is where it all starts ramping up. So what can you tell us about uh, you know this year's version of the Senior Bowl that's going to be right around the corner? Well, it's always ramped up, but this is certainly where the, the drawstring is pulled and it all comes together. But, yeah, we've got uh, over 100 invites out there, and I think as of last night we have close to 80 acceptances back. So we're starting our own countdown to January the 27th, and uh, the rosters are shaping up well. You know, the one thing about our game that I love about it is 
and one of the many aspects that I really enjoy about it is the fact that you know there's there's no limitation on small school players, and typically we'll have one prospect at each position this year. We have a number of small school players at a variety of positions, and it gives them a chance to really compete on that biggest of stages against some of the best in the country. And then it gives them the access to get in front of the teams off the field to interview and make a first impression that way. Phil, what, what are some of the criteria before the invites go out? How do you determine who's going to receive an invite? You know, Brian, really after the draft ends uh, last spring, May 1st or so, we really begin putting our list together. We have a watch list that goes out publicly in August. We had over 400 names on it. And then between, you know, my own scouting work and we have a number of uh, either former scouts or yet-to-be scouts that are out there spread across the country, they get game assignments. I think this year we hit over 300 players, saw them in person throughout the course of the year, either in practices or games of course, on videotape, and then once we get to probably the middle of October, we start to, to divvy it up and formulate these north and south rosters. The first round of invites went out November the 1st, and then we've been filling in ever since over the month of November, and now we're getting you know the vast majority of them back. And, and what's the big – I know there's a huge NFL uh, involvement with your deal. So uh, other than that, what's the big point of difference between your bowl game and the others? Well, I would say, first of all, because of that partnership with the league, you know, we end up with two NFL staff uh, coaching the game here. So if you're a player that was in a program that runs what I would call a college offense or a college defense, now all of a sudden you're transitioning to the NFL and everybody gets a chance to see you make that adjustment. You know, a quarterback going under center. Uh, a linebacker playing on the line of scrimmage over the top of a tight end. You know, just little subtle examples like that. And, of course, uh, this is somewhat the unofficial convention of the NFL. You, you compare this venue to any of the other ones throughout the year, there'll be almost a 1,000 NFL people on the ground here in Mobile. That's the highest volume of NFL people in terms of the concentration in one city throughout the year because at the Combine, Everything is staggered by position. Coaches or scouts are coming in and then leaving, specifically the coaches. So it's a, it's a real chance to compete and connect. That's our little hashtag down here. And, you know, we've had some really good high-profile players in recent years, from Carson Wentz to Dak Prescott to Derek Carr to, to Russell Wilson. So it's a, it's a real opportunity to set the narrative for yourself heading into the combine and the pro days and the rest of this pre-draft run-up. Gio and Jones with Phil Savage. Why was Alabama the right choice to be the fourth team in the college football playoff? Well, Gio, I would say they definitely came in through the side door. I mean, when you're a non-conference champion, that means you had to do a lot of things right during the course of the year. I think the committee gave Bama credence for two things. Number one, they, they recognized them as being the top one or two teams in the country for the better part of the year. And then secondly, their loss to Auburn on the road was more palatable than the Ohio State 31-point loss on the road at Iowa. And I think that really was the difference ultimately. And they'll never say it. It was never discussed. 
But the pink elephant in the room for them was the fact that Clemson was the number one seed going to New Orleans. We had seen them play Ohio State as recently as last playoff, 31 nothing, and we've seen two classic games with Alabama. So I don't think that was ever brought up verbally, but the, the nonverbal communication of a repeat of that matchup, I think it definitely had had at least an influence in that committee room. Oh, yeah, wink, wink. Man, you know how many, how many tickets we could sell for this? Well, they probably sold out as soon as they announced that Bama was four <laughs> and Clemson was number one and being in close vicinity, Alabama, to New Orleans. So that's a good deal for them. Let me ask you about the health of Bama because a lot's been made about the, the linebacker room and how much attrition they've experienced there. Now, we saw a majority of the guys back in that Auburn game, uh, but Sean Deion Hamilton, is he about the only one who's possible that's not going to get a chance to play in the Sugar Bowl? Yeah, I think he's the one that's definitely been ruled out because of the, the nature of his knee injury back against LSU. And, you know, I think one of the misnomers, Brian, with the three of the other guys getting back, Mac Wilson, uh, Terrell Lewis, and Christian Miller, is that, you know, Wilson got hurt against LSU, so he had played some, but he was primarily a rotational, situational backer and special team player. And then the other two got hurt in the first game against Florida State. So their experience level, you know, they don't bring a deep resume. I mean, this isn't like you're getting Wilbur Marshall, Otis Wilson, <laughs> Mike Singletary back. I mean, you're getting three players that will help their depth, but they don't have a ton of play experience. So I tell you, these practices in December, these are the most important practices Bama's had in, in, to, in, to my knowledge, in years. And that's been one of the real secrets to Nick Saban's success at Alabama is when they have improved and elevated throughout December and then shown up almost as a different team, uh, December or January 1st, rather, you know, it was, it was very noticeable. Last year, that didn't happen so much against Washington. It clearly didn't happen against Clemson. So I'm really expecting Alabama to be – not necessarily a different team, but an improved team, certainly from the one that we saw down on the plane. What type of game do you think we'll get with them and Clemson meeting once again? Well, it'll be a different cast of characters. I mean, last year Deshaun Watson was a, a preeminent talent and leader for Clemson. Alabama had that dominant defense. Seven prospects went off that defense into the NFL draft. So it, it'll have a different feel, I think, from an Alabama standpoint. Clearly, last year, two for 15 on third down. They continued to give the football back to Clemson. Clemson scored 21 points from play number 80 to play number 99. So I think it's pretty easy to say time of possession, play and keep away. Bama's best defense will be an efficient offense. That means they've got to be productive on first and second down to set up more manageable third down situations where Jalen Hurts' legs can really make a difference. But if Clemson sets Alabama behind the stick like they did last year, it was third and nine, third and 11. There were some false starts mixed in. Bama really had, had trouble throwing themselves, you know, out of, out of trouble from behind the stick. So that's going to be really, I think, a, a top, top priority for the time. What are your impressions of this Clemson's uh, defense as opposed to last season's Clemson defense? I think they're, uh, they're more experienced and, and better across the board up front. Uh, they don't have as much experience and probably not as quite as talented as they were in the back end uh, a year ago. So 
again, it's a different group of players, but I've said, as many have since really August, that Clemson's strength this year was that front seven, the front four specifically. Uh, it's arguably the best group of defensive linemen in the country. They have more or less controlled and dictated how the opponent uh, played against Clemson, and, and that's been their strength while Kelly Bryant has steadily improved. He's had some ups and downs, but he certainly was at his best against Miami. Gio and Jones with Phil Savage, Senior Bowl Executive Director, Crimson Tide Color Analyst, former NFL GM, and he's got that book out, Fourth and Goal, every day. Uh, you, as every time you come on, I bring up the fact that you were the general manager of the Browns when they had a winning season. <laughs> uh, but generally, smart people go there, and they don't act so smart. And we see another firing, Sashi Brown being the latest one, John Dorsey going in. I don't know how well you know Dorsey, if at all, but... Uh, what do you think about the latest regime change at your old position with the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I would say that uh, obviously John Dorsey is a football man, and they're going to transition away uh, not completely from analytics but more towards the instinctual scouting and what they're seeing with their eyes and what they uh, think about these players from a personal and ability standpoint. Uh, I think John Dorsey is one of many who raised their hand to say, you know what, I'll go into Cleveland with all these extra draft picks and almost $100 million in cap room. Uh, if they make wise choices, they could really put a pretty good team together. And, you know, that the struggle there, as you guys know, and it's been well documented, there's just been no continuity through the years. I mean, not only in coaching and scouting, but PR, ticket sales, Stadium management, I mean, it's been a different group of people virtually with every regime, and it's just no way to compete when you look across the division and see Cincinnati with Marvin Lewis for 15 years. The Ravens have had basically three coaches since they came to Baltimore in 96, and then Pittsburgh, you know, has been the, the definition of, of stability through the years. And in that league, you've got to have some level – some degree of continuity between coaching, between the GM, and between the quarterback. Cleveland's had none of those things. Maybe John can bring it to the table. I don't know, guys. Maybe there's something in the water there in Berea. All of us <laughs> do something crazy when you're there. <laughs> uh, Phil, is there a place for analytics in in football? I know it works elsewhere. NBA, we're seeing it with the Houston Rockets. Of course, in baseball, that's where it pretty much uh, really made a name for itself. But is there a place for that type of uh, – you know that and putting that into the equation when you're trying to piece together a football team. I personally think it's easier to quantify in basketball and baseball because it's a little bit more individual. Yes, individualized sports. Uh, obviously, basketball is less number of people. I think it's tougher in football to do. But listen, I wrote a chapter about it in my book. How the Cowboys and Gil Brandt had a huge influence when Gil came in and consulted with the original Browns in 1992, put in a system. It was not as formalized as analytics is now. It was just a different name. We called it measurables. We called it standards. We called it prerequisites. You know, it was just termed differently. I think it's gone to a different level now. There's, there's definitely a place for it because everybody else in the league is using it, and you don't want to fall behind from a technology standpoint 
or an intellectual property standpoint. So there's a place for it. I just think it's hard to quantify when you got 22 people out there in a rugby scrum, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes the people that are grading the tapes don't know exactly what the assignments were for the left tackle or the right defensive end or whatever the case might be. So I think it's just a little bit more, it's a little more subjective to me, and, and it's more black and white in baseball, clearly and even basketball because of the lesser number of players. Yeah, Gio, it's like you and I, more black and white, okay? Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> he's, hey, he's the black one. Yeah, so. in case you couldn't tell. Uh, before we let you go, I want to ask you about the other matchup in the college football playoff. Uh, I've been going back and forth on both of these games. Uh, I, I'm leaving Alabama currently up against Clemson, but uh, Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner, o- Oklahoma in this offense that can just post numbers like it's no one's business going up against Georgia's and that running game, I don't know if anyone can stop that running game, uh, the way they ran through Auburn in the rematch. Uh, how do you see that one shaking out? Yeah, it's going to be a contrast in styles. And, you know, in the simplest terms, Oklahoma wants to turn it into a track meet and Georgia wants to uh, turn it into a wrestling match. And so much like Alabama, I think Georgia's best defense will be an efficient offense. And that means to me, just like they did in the Auburn game, They've got to be willing to throw it on first down. I don't think they're just going to be able to line up, you know, eye formation football and pound the football without being willing to balance it out with some passing. You know, they won a lot of games this year with Jake Fromm throwing 10, 12, 15 passes a game. I think they've got to throw it more uh, to loosen up Oklahoma and really open up those run lanes for Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, but it's going to be a fascinating contrast in style. Uh, if it turns into a scoring fest, I think Georgia would have a tougher time keeping up. But if that game stays, you know, around 31, 33 points or less, I think Georgia would have a good chance of winning. My producer wanted me to ask you this since you're down in Alabama. Oh, who are you voting for today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's an election today. <laughs> there you go, we're, Nick Saban, we're, right we're there. Worried about, we're worried about Alabama and Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, was, uh, I was actually up you guys' way. I was at, in Philly for uh, Army-Navy. I had a meeting at the league office on Friday and then uh, spent the Sunday at the Giants-Cowboys game and came home yesterday. Uh, it took me an hour and a half to get from our apartment there to LaGuardia after <laughs> That's that it? pipe bomb showed up. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I know. Hey, There's... man, how about that Army-Navy game? Wasn't that a good one? It really was. You know, it's such a unique, standalone football tradition. I was telling one of my friends on our broadcast team, I said, you know, you don't compare it to Bama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan, because it's so different. And it's just, it's just such a special event. Man, if you're a football fan, you got to put it on your bucket list because the names change, obviously, but the two institutions don't. And you're just so impressed when you meet these people in person. I mean, the level of the level of operation, the level of detail uh, that they conduct themselves at in terms of their chosen vocation, chosen field—it's staggering. I walk away so impressed every year. Phil, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. We really appreciate the time this morning. Guys, not only today, but through the years, I've enjoyed all these interviews. I wish both of you the best of luck in whatever endeavors you're pursuing. And hopefully we'll catch up on the flip side somewhere. Without a doubt, we will. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, man. Okay, guys, really appreciate it. Phil Savage. Speaking of... uh...
Army, Navy, you, we, you posed the question yesterday about the last time I got wispy. Yeah. Because you were talking about a documentary you watched over the weekend and, and didn't come to me. But it was this past weekend as well. Okay. And if you haven't seen it, folks, and I don't know where the hell you can find it, but please try to find it. The opening on our CBS broadcast to the Army-Navy game. And actually, during our pregame show, we had a piece on... Uh, Ivan Jasper and his son, who's waiting, uh, awaiting a heart transplant. Got we we were wispy then, mm. and then the open uh, prior to kickoff. Ah, you talking about a tearjerker? Mike's bad at me now. Well, he he should be. Well, he put it on the rundown. This no, morning. it's my fault. I, I, I thought it would stay in house. Rundown is there? I don't see it. I deleted it. Oh, you deleted it. It was yeah. on the uh, the first draft. Ask your Trumpkin who he's who he would vote. No, for. no, 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 no. Let's not do that. No, I just I I, I I knew that I knew that. The uh, I knew Phil would avoid the question. I just figured yeah. we'd all laugh. I just... It was a joke. He's from Alabama. There's yeah, no right. But did you it talk? Did you talk to him after? No, he uh, he hung up. All right, right you're away. gonna you're gonna text him. I'm gonna bro? send him a thank you text. Yeah, and then be like, hey, by the way, that was just yeah, great. Who, and who are you voting for? No, you can you can, <laughs> you can blame it on me. No, it's fine. Yeah. See, there was a time when I was growing up in six feet of snow in Lubbock. Where you didn't ask those type of questions, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. <laughs> I know, I don't worry ask. about. I'm, I can my finish. Uh, no, we didn't worry about another man's money or their politics. Yeah, but now things have changed because it's getting serious. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting an I answer. Know. I just wanted to mess around, just for the record. I wouldn't do that to Phil. I got too no. much respect for him. Yeah, of course you. What I do? Yeah, right. What I have a lot of respect for Phil. No, you don't. You just don't Hard see how I act around people that I respect mm-hmm. a lot. That's, that's, tr- uh, that's true. You haven't seen that far. It's hard for you to judge that. Very true. There's reality and there's perception. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the reality is we're coming right back. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Earlier, we were talking about the ball boys going to Lithuania to play pro basketball as opposed to staying in California. Leangelo at UCLA, done. Lamelo, Chino Hills, done. Both of them now playing in Lithuania. Eric in Oklahoma has something to chime in about that. Eric, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning. Hey, good morning. What's happening, man? Well, my wife and I went to Lithuania a couple years ago and visited the Devil Museum. Huh. Um, Heard you guys joking about, oh, Christian, I ain't going on the devil. But, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, Herm Edwards, yeah, of Herm course. Edwards. Yep. Right? I, too, am a Christian, and I, I didn't find it all that weird. It wasn't satanic or anything, just uh, like a Coca-Cola museum or Santa Claus museum. It was just little devils and trinkets, uh, <laughs> advertising and things, little horned guys or little people with pitchforks. Mm. Okay. But, uh, Do we really know what the awesome. devil looks like? No, I no. I don't think no, we, we do. Don't. No, no, comes in all forms. Yeah. right, Eric. Technically, he's Lucifer. He's an angel. He's probably supposed to be beautiful. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. The, is the devil black? <laughs> I don't think so. Good, because you everything bad is black. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. We appreciate that, man. <laughs> Did you think that Lithuania was a beautiful place? It's the people are awesome. They're it's a wonderful country. They're trying to get out of the uh, the oppression of a of a sad communist state. Yeah, mm. they want to be America. Um, mm-hmm. And I tell you, they have the best cup of coffee. You can take your Seattle coffee. You can take Starbucks. Vero Coffee is the best coffee you'll ever have. Wow, interesting. So is it is it just as strong? What's the 
What's the, the flavor profile? Oh, yeah, of course it's black. I mean, come on. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's all, everything good is that way. Yeah. So, no, it's a, they, there's a, I don't know what they do to froth their milk when, they, mm-hmm. when they're making a latte, but it's the, it's the smoothest, heaviest uh-huh. stuff. And then you have a, a, a menu where you can choose how you want it brewed, either like the old vacuum kind or in, any of the mm-hmm. different ways you can brew coffee, you can order that there. Okay, one last question, Eric. Uh, now, it's civilized because Geo said it's a disgusting place, and it's modernized, right? Certain parts of it. Um, yeah, they have mega malls that are bigger than any mall I have ever seen, and I've been to the Great Mall in uh, Chicago, and and their their stuff is is way beyond that. But then, on the other hand, you've got the charming old world, yeah, you know, right. castles and things, yeah, so, like certain parts place. of Oklahoma, yeah. Gotcha. It's, it's infinitely better than Enid, Oklahoma. There you go. <laughs> hey, Eric, thanks for uh, yeah, giving us a call this morning. Appreciate it. All right, that. thank you for taking my call. All right, there he goes. <laughs> See, he's, he's, no, he's fine. He went and yeah. saw the devils. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he also started off when I said, is it a nice place? And he's like, well, the people are nice. And he they're... said it's a nice place. It's beautiful. It's they're nice. trying to get out from this communist regime. Well, of course. It takes a while. You, know, you go to Lithuania because you lose a bet. <laughs> That's why you go to Lithuania. Or to play hoops, right? Yeah, right. All right, I, we got so much positive response earlier from the call that I played, so I think we have enough time to get it in. The midget! Quickly. Here. Well, you just gave it away for the people who didn't hear it. Oh, damn. Yeah. The midget! What are you... Oh, it's two minutes long? No, it's not, is it? Yep. It two is. Minutes. It says a minute 28 on my sheet Two here. minutes. It's two minutes, even well, with the edit. why you put a minute 28? Well, now it's too late. To yeah, do. it's too late. So I tell them again, the midget... Nah, forget it. Now it's totally lost, yeah. the whole thing. You have oh. to ask 10 questions of the damn caller. About hey, I want to learn about Lithuania. You're sitting here disparaging the place. Well, who cares? I mean, Who the, cares about Long Island? Well, Somebody the, cares most, about Lithuania. Most of the people that live there. Well, most of the people that live in Lithuania care about yeah, it's Lithuania. It's not their choice. They're trying to get out. <laughs> no one wants to go there. <laughs> Do you Eric know? and his wife wanted to go there. Okay, that's one person. There are many out there like Eric. That want to go to Lithuania. Yes. Okay. That want to go there. Sure. So go. Okay. <laughs> when it warms up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, There's certain places you avoid in America, right? Because of the weather. Well, now I'm annoyed. Why? I want to play that, that clip again. And it was funnier than anything we're doing now. Oh, well. Just be one, one more question, Eric. Be annoyed then. One more Mom question. Follow. Can I, can I squeeze it? You gave me like the one more sign with a caller. Let me just squeeze this one because in. I want to know about the country. No. You're dogging it. You can't. Right. Because that's just what we do. That's what you do. Yeah, but no, it's what we do. No, you. And then you got to sit there. I'm taking up for Lithuania. You got to think about the listeners and what they want, not they what wanna you want. They want to know that Lithuania is not like you've characterized they it They want to laugh. I thought you were going to ask about his favorite European spot you've been to in Lithuania to get the best burgers. <laughs> That's how you end interviews. <laughs> or say hi to my buddy Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. If you go back to Lithuania, say, say hi to Magnus. <laughs> it won't be Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Joe. <laughs> uh, you, still, anyway. you still annoyed? Yes. Go back to the podcast. <laughs> what was it? Hour two? Played at hour two. It's in the middle of hour two. And listen back to that audio. Maybe we'll play it tomorrow again in our last segment. It's evergreen. Come on, let's play it tomorrow. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.